Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. Um, it is Sunday morning and I'm sat with Matt and Alan. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very well, mate. Nice to be back after a little break and uh, once again ready to talk some serious Scottish rugby. Absolutely. Yeah, feeling refreshed after the two-week break and rejuvenated after a couple of great Glasgow wins. Yeah, so here we are, guys, for the bumper European uh, rugby special. Um, after, as Alan t- said, the couple of great wins for uh, Glasgow and one win and one loss for Edinburgh. Obviously, you can follow us on iTunes and the Acast podcast app. Also, get us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Um, if you're enjoying what we're doing, get on iTunes, leave us a review. It really helps us get our sort of name out there and bump us up the, uh, the rankings on iTunes. So why not leave us uh, a review like our good friend Jack Meisk did. Um, he said, really enjoyed that, guys. Making really valid points and good to hear a few ex-Stumel lads too. Let me know if I can buy you a drink in Opal Lounge or Shanghai at the inaugural Thistle Podcast Social. When, when are we getting that in the diary? We had any thoughts? Oh, sometimes over Christmas. Maybe after the 1872? Okay, well, well, we'll let everyone know what the plan is, and yeah, I think we're not allowed to go anywhere apart from Shanghai. Shanghai, so. yeah, after the review that we got on Reddit, that is our, that is our spiritual home, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> I think we're all looking, for, all looking forward to that. Thank, thank, thanks for the review, Jack. Yeah, so that's great, guys. Thanks a lot. If you are enjoying it, get on iTunes and, and let us know. I um, want to touch on just a few bits before we get into our three fissily issues of the week. I just want to say a quick word to the guys down at Boromir. Um, who yesterday played against uh, Hoik in the sort of annual or biannual 
Hugh McMaster Day, which is a game played uh, in the memory of Hugh McMaster, um, a really good guy who lost his life um, tragically. He's a really good player, Scotland under 21s, played for Barmuir, um, lost his life tragically. So they raised a lot of money there. Um, I think they've raised over £15,000 over the last few years. So that's great. And Barmuir got the win as well. So congratulations to them. Um, yeah, and um, before we get into it as well, just a little shout out to the Scotland Sevens team. I think I've got their, we've had their f- best ever start to a World Series, um, which is amazing. I think they're fourth now in the table. So um, watched a bit of the, se- of the series and stuff, and they look to be doing really, really well, bringing through some good good players. And they, they probably look like a sort of top tier Sevens team now. I haven't actually watched too much of the Sevens. What players are playing well for them? Who have they got that we would know? Well, I mean, it's the guys that played in the uh, in the GB Sevens team Olympics. So Mark Robertson's still there, scoring tries for fun. Um, Scott Riddle's still sort of, you know, the, the really reliable, solid guy. Um, and then you've got, I think, George Horn's been called up this year. And from what I've seen, he's been playing really, really well. Um, he's so much smaller than everyone else in the field, but he, he gets around really well. He's got... Um, Great skills. So, yeah, I really think they're punching above their weight there. Maybe the whole GB Rio 7s has sort of given them the confidence. Yeah, it's good. And, and Dougie Fife there as well, scoring quite a lot of tries. He's doing quite well. Yeah, I think he's got a proper pro 7s contract. Yeah, now, he is. Which I thought was a bit harsh, actually, that he got canned. But, um, yeah, fair play to him. Maybe he can make his way back into the pro scene. Yeah. But that I- that is where we are. So good luck to all of those uh, those guys on the 7s too. It looks like it's a just great fun, to be honest. They get to just travel the world, and it seems to be a pretty big jolly after the... Uh, after the tournament, so fair play, lads, enjoy it. Um, right, so fire in too. We've got a lot to talk about today, obviously, after two weeks of European action. So, our three Thistle issues of the week are one, can Glasgow win the European Champions Cup? Number two, can Edinburgh win the European Challenge Cup? And then, number three, which Scots have put their hands up for the Lions over the last couple of weeks? So, why don't we start with the, that double header for Glasgow? Alan, I can see you're wanting to come in on this. <laughs> Can Glasgow win the Champions Cup? <laughs> I mean, it's a punchy, punchy question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think we're going to make the knockout stages. Yep. And I think we were saying from the sounds of it, Scotland's not going to be eligible for them to play a home quarterfinal. But if they manage to get a home quarterfinal, maybe at Celtic Park, I think, are the rumours. Yeah, that's what they were talking about on BT Sport, the mooting Celtic Park, which would be massive. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be so good. You'd get, you'd get the whole of Glasgow turning out. It, they'd fill it, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. And I think you, you could get a push from uh, Glasgow City Council and stuff. And yeah. I mean, I and that's Gla- Glasgow's such a sort of, you know, proud place that if they had a team, it would just be great for the sport as well in Glasgow because obviously it's, it's been doing very well in, in recent years. But yeah, I think going back to specifically the second game, I know there was rumours that Racing had the heaviest pack in sort of club rugby history, around sort of 925 kilograms. And Ooh. I think one of the issues that Glasgow have had, I remember when we played Racing last year, and I think Toulon sort of two years ago, I think we've really struggled sometimes to face up against the physicality of these French teams. And some of the tackles that were going in, at Ferguson, Johnny Gray, as always, Ryan Wilson, who, <laughs> after years of not particularly liking Ryan Wilson, I have to say, after the Georgia game and these two Racing games, I'm slightly becoming a Ryan Wilson fanboy. I'm, I'm, I'm converted. He's playing unbelievably <laughs> well. And yeah. I, you talk about Johnny Gray and the physicality. Johnny Gray, again, absolutely... He he is he is massive like for that for that club and yeah. I don't know whether it's true but there's someone just popped out a tweet and it's really funny it's 
Racing Metro missed more games in the game against Glasgow on Friday night than Johnny. Wait, Curry. wait, wait, more tackles. More tackles. <laughs> what well, did they, I say? To be fair, they didn't kind of miss the game, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Go right then. Yeah, um, they've missed more tackles in that game on Friday night than Johnny Gray's missed in his whole career. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it was. <laughs> Whether it, whether yeah. it's true, I don't know. But even that, even as it's just a joke to illustrate how how bad they were, how big Johnny Gray is, is quite funny. I did see pre the Racing game, Johnny Gray's missed one tackle all season with a ninety nine point five percent completion rate. Oh. Um, but just going back to the game, I think we'll probably come and talk about the backs a bit. And yeah, but that pack just was unbelievable. Just, I mean, they probably. They nearly nilled a, ra- a racing team who are top 14 champions and Champions Cup finalists. Do you know who was absolutely massive as well? Fraser Brown was looking absolutely incredible mm. at two. And I think, obviously, he had that great uh, the great carry for his try. But there was one point in the first half where it was Finn to him, and he took the ball, and his hands were out, and he took it, and he looked like he was a centre. He then mm. pinged out a missed pass about 20 metres to, um, I think, Hogg took it. Mm. And he looked so comfortable, proper ball player in the centre of the park. And he just does does everything. I think he's got to start ahead of Ford come mm. the Six Nations. He's, he's just got to. Well, when he was at school, he was, he was a scrum half until his final year when he sort of had a bit of a growth spurt and he was converted to, to um, hooker. So he's almost had those sort of skills. And he's played in the back row quite a lot. So yeah. Um, yeah, looking really good. And I think actually, obviously Ford was brought back into the Georgia game and probably had one of his best games in a long time. So maybe being dropped for Argentina sort of given him a bit of a, a kick up the backside. So I think it's really good to have that competition there. I mean, you had Pat MacArthur was playing for air yesterday because he couldn't get a game for Glasgow. Yeah. And he's a really, really good player. Really so player, yeah. some decent um, strength and depth in the hooker position at the moment, which is, which is good yeah, to see. Yeah, there is, because you've got McAnally over at Edinburgh as well coming through from mm. sort of Scotland point of view. He's probably sitting third in that, in that pecking order. And... Scott Lawson, obviously. And Scott Lawson, of course, yeah. How could we forget? Tearing it up in the northeast, I've heard. So, Well, Falcons are doing pretty well this year compared to their... It's because of their Scottish contingent. It yeah. is because of their Scottish contingent. Um, but you, we touched on it. I think the forward pack, it was amazing to take on. Rassing had that 24-stone oaf who just doesn't look Ta- like... Tammy Funa. He's doesn't terrible. He can't move. <laughs> I mean, he's 24-stone, but, but what's the point? He can't move. And when he was running into contact, Fagerson, who must have what had... He's got a couple of stone on him. Um, was absolutely smashing him. So he's not even effective at being heavy. I think it's just that France sort of ridiculous big pack ten man rugby that's really sort of taken hold in that top fourteen league over the last few years. But thankfully, it looks like the national side might be mm. moving away, and we'll get some proper sort of um, Gallic flair coming back. Um, but I thought I think so. Um, I, I think you just but you looked at the Racing backline. You got Machino, who on his day is one of the best nines in the world. I think Carter. We all know about him. Rokothoko, Tui Tavaki, uh, Bryce Doolan, like great players, but just weren't in the game at all and didn't really seem fast. It's amazing. Imagine that wage bill versus Glasgow's backline as well. Like yeah. you've, got, you've got Dan Carter, who had, we'll touch on this later, when he came off at um, 60 minutes, he had zero stats. No, like, no, <laughs> no runs made, no defenders beaten. Um, I can't remember what the rest were. I don't it actually know what he was Zero doing. offloads and zero carries. Zero offloads, zero carries. And... How much is he getting paid? One uh, and a half million? He's, he's 1.4 million and he's the best paid player in the world. And you've got Finn. Now, imagine Finn's probably commanding a pretty decent uh, amount of money at Glasgow, but he's he's come through an academy, like still goes back and plays for air when he's coming back from injury. Like, yeah. Who would you rather have? 
I mean, I'd rather have Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would rather have Carter. To be, to be fair to Carter, if he, even if he didn't do anything on the pitch, he took a lot of selfies after the game. He did. He, he was, yeah, he was having a great time at Scottsdale. Yeah. I think maybe need to talk about Finn Russell because I think that was probably the, the main the main story from the game. I think we've ch- we've chatted about just how important Finn Russell is to Scotland, and I think increasingly he's improving, and the other. Tens in Scotland are getting worse, yeah. genuinely. So I just think it's great. It's great to see, but a lot of Scotland's success is going to be based around how good Russell is and whether he can stay fit. Yeah. And I think one of the key things as well is just how well him and Ali Price work together. Oh, because cause Ali Price is two things. He's got quick ball, but he also keeps defences honest. Yeah, because he's so quick off the base of a ruck that it also just gives Russell a little bit more time with the ball, which is how yeah. he likes to operate. He absolutely does, and it was amazing, in particularly in the first half, seeing Finn like really going forward and really engaging his opposite man, and mm. then pinging out a pass really late, and it was just, just really, really great to see, and yeah. also challenging the defences. I don't know about you, is there a 10 in world rugby that does more of those little dinks in behind? with his success like Finn Russell does. Uh, yeah, and maybe someone like Bowden Barrett. Yeah. But apart from that, it's definitely a tactic. And I think when you've got that rush defense these days, like it's and you can execute it. But I think what Russell's very good at is, when I think of Hugh Jones' try against Australia, it's it's a little check. It's bringing the defense up to you first yep. and then dinking it over rather than just you know your first move. But I think the best thing about, we know that Price and Russell can do the flash stuff. You know, they can score tries and they can do offloads and chips, but... I thought particularly in the first game, the control that they exerted in terms of territory was the best I've ever seen Russell do that side of things. And that's probably one of the main criticisms with, with him is that he can't quite control games. Absolutely. And if he can play that way in the Six Nations, then I think that's what Scotland has lacked a bit in the last few years, a bit of direction from him. So hopefully he can take it forward because that, that was the most pleasing thing for me. Yeah, I think it was absolutely amazing. And his stats really speak for himself. Beat 10 defenders. <laughs> Ten defenders from your standoff. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. And made eighty nine made eighty nine yards and he was kicking and passing. It was brilliant as we touched on. But looking outside him, I want to talk about Alex Dunbar. He is putting yeah. two unbelievable performances back to back, making yards every time he takes the ball forward. Really, really combative. And he's got thirteen on his back though. Do you think it when we play him at twelve for Scotland, like he doesn't get that same sort of like the the freedom to do that? And that's a bit of a loss. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't call him a sort of a, a playmaking 12. I think what he's very good at is he's hitting short lines, hitting hard lines at the game line. Um, but it's difficult because Hugh Jones has been playing. He's one of my, I've been one of our best yeah. players. And I, I just think that having Dunbar and Jones in the centre, they're, they're too similar. I don't know if it, it quite yeah. works. I think um, so. But I mean, it's one amazing problem to have that we're sitting here around a table and talking about Scotland and we've mm. got players like... Jones, Dunbar, and then Bennett, and um, well, Bennett's so Dun- far down the Duncan, Ta- yeah. Duncan Taylor yeah. as well, like who was unbelievable in the Six Nations last year, and that's all fighting really for mm. a thirteen jersey or to split across the two. Like that's this, that's very mm. good for a Scottish national side. Yeah, well, I, I'm, as I was just about to say, like Bennett, sort of a year or so was the kind of the golden child. I think a lot of people were saying, well, some people were saying he's sort of equivalent of Brian O'Driscoll for Scotland, which maybe a bit much, but. Um, he can, can't get a game now, so it sort of yeah. shows how, how quick you can fall, but the, the strength and depth as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, I think 
looking at that Glasgow back line, um, it's like Johnson, really, really, really solid. It looks like him and Dunbar working really well together. Yeah. Um, e- even though I'm not a big fan, Lee Jones is doing pretty well. He's playing well. Like, He's playing yeah. well, yeah. But I think we've, we've chatted about it for Scotland as well. That, that th- pod of three of Russell, Seymour and Hogg are just unbelievable and they all they, they all seem to be very good friends they all work off each other yeah very well well buddy good friends i don't know if anyone follows him on uh instagram but if you followed um uh finn russell and ali price certainly looked like they were having a pretty good celebration on uh <laughs> on uh on friday night um yeah. properly out on the piss it looks like it looked like a good night i think they were on sort of christmas jumpers and some sort of quite dark looking club yeah, just yeah. absolutely going for it good on them I like to see that yeah um, good for them just going back to the original question can, can we realistically see Glasgow winning winning this tournament I mean I think that if if they manage to get a home quarter final which is, is doable but difficult you get that quarter final at Celtic Park and you've you're on a roll you've got that momentum and not a lot of teams will want to play Glasgow if they're if they're on form yeah, I suppose finals at Murrayfield this year as well. So there's a bit of, a bit of home territory. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, but do I think they could win it? I think they could get they could get a semi if they get that home quarter final. But then they're gonna really, they're gonna come up against let's say they're, if you're gonna win it, you're gonna have to beat Saracens or Clermont at one at some point. And can they do that? I I think they'll be a bloody good game. I really don't think they're that far off it. But I, if you ask me to go with my um, my head, I would say that I don't think they could beat a Saracens. Yeah, I think on their day, Glasgow could beat any team in the Pro 12, and I think they could beat any team in the top 14. But even on the day, I think they would struggle against Saracens. Yeah. Because they're just they're so well-drilled, and they're just so clinical. It's, um, it's actually unbelievable how good they're. They're very much like England. They just know how to win yeah. games. Um, but but h- yeah. how about this then? But should, in that case... What guys have got sort of um, let's say five months of the season to go. They're sort of middle mid ranking at the moment in the Pro Twelve. Obviously, very much in that sort of top six bracket though. Should they be sidelining the Pro Twelve to really go mm. hammer and tong for Europe, or can they go? Should they go for the the Pro Twelve title again? Yeah, it's a really tough one. I mean, I think that the next few games are are quite or relatively easy. So you could maybe sort of for those games play like your kind of second or even third string team and you know bring in guys like Fraser Lyle and stuff and and maybe still expect to win and then you roll out your big guns for the you know Leinsters and Munsters and and Ulster. Um, I just think that they'll find it difficult to to sacrifice games completely because I think they'll I think I just the way that Townsend coaches I think he'll want to go for both. Yeah, I think you're right. This is where the issue of Horn getting injured is a big thing. Yeah. I'm not sure who who comes in after Russell and Horn at ten. Um, well, it would be Rory Clegg <laughs> or oh Hagen Schulte. No. This this um, New Zealand guy has not even been able to get a game for a Hawks. I think beyond <laughs> that, it's 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 really quite thin. Yeah. So that's the thing. I think actually, whilst obviously Glasgow have much greater depth than Edinburgh, which had a burst two weeks ago, I, I don't. I don't think there's enough depth to sort of completely start resting players in the Pro 12. Um, although there is a part of me that kind of feels you've got the Champions Cup games in January, you've got the Six Nations February, March. I feel like you'd like to be able to just give Russell and Hogg these sort of players just 
maybe just a, one or two games off just to kind of let them refresh themselves because this is a tough period where you know yeah you've got to look at it and you think we've got I think we've got the Italian sides coming up and um, does Stuart Hogg need to play against Zebra? No, he doesn't for Glasgow yeah. to win. Does does Finn Russell need to play? I think we've talked about it, but probably not. Yeah. No, I think I think you got to take that. You got to have enough faith in your squad players to um, against your zebras and your trevisos and even sort of your dragons to possibly look at resting them. Maybe it's just that ten spot that's kind of a bit trickiest now that Horns out. But yeah, Hog, Seymour, Johnny Gray, even Fraser Brown, these sort of players. I think for Scotland and the European effort, they need to try and look at sort of rotation. Really, but, yeah, important on the management. At least, them. I mean, at least we're <laughs> it's a great position to be in. Like, be like, oh, well, we want to try and challenge in Europe, so we might need to look at um, resting players. And I think for Townsend, I know it's you, you wouldn't really say this, but for him leaving, he, he does have the Pro 12. Obviously, it would be great to win the Pro 12, but it, that's the one kind of blotch on the Glasgow CV is they've never had a proper European push. Even Edinburgh have <laughs> had a proper yeah, European yeah, yeah, push. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- that's that's completely true. I think there's a little bit more stability coming out. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the Dave Rennie. There was suggestions that he was maybe going to um, South Africa, but he's he's made some comments this week, and it looks like the Glasgow stuff is is nailed on. And imagine that. Imagine if they can get a semi-final. Townsend goes off to Scotland, and then you've got a guy like Dave Rennie coming in, mm. inheriting a great, a winning Glasgow team mm. and a coach of his caliber. And once you make an inroads into Europe, you know, Maybe some private money comes into the club. They get a little bit more money to pay, spend on players. Like Glasgow becomes an attractive place for professional rugby players to come, mm. and I think that's only good for the um, for the development of the game. Yeah. Anything more Sounds in Glasgow? Good. I think have we answered the question? Do we think they can win it, Matt? Yes. No. I'm I, I, I actually <laughs> just don't. I just don't think they can beat Saracens. I yeah, that's I, it. I, I actually. I actually think Saracens will, will win it again. I think year. Saracens will win it again. He told you he's too good, man. He is too. He, he is just too good. He's so smart as well. <laughs> he's so smart. <laughs> he's so smart. What a great guy. Um, right. Well, let's talk. Let's go back to uh, over to the capital then. Matt, can Edinburgh win the Challenge Cup? I mean, there's not very many good teams in the Challenge <laughs> Cup, so probably uh, who's the best team in the Challenge Cup? Like Bath, maybe. But Bath, Bath have been Bath have been going all right under. Um, Todd Black. They're doing really well. Edinburgh, Edinburgh legend Todd Black. Yeah, exactly. Going to stab us in the back in the final, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they did lose to Cardiff last week, though, so they're not that good. But then they beat them yesterday. Yeah. Um, uh, but what about night. the what about but Edinburgh's two games against um, against Stade? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that coming into it, to say from those two games against Stade Francais, who did they win the top fourteen last year? Year before. Year, year before. Yeah. Still a good side, you know. They're, they're packed with superstars. To take five points from, you know, win at home from being twenty points down, and get a bonus point away, you gotta be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I'm pr- I, um, I, I would definitely be happy with it if you'd offered me that two weeks ago. Would have been I think your it's hand yeah. Off. I think it's once again Edinburgh literally can't win two games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> they're so inconsistent at the moment. So that's kind of the issue. But I also, I also think you know I, I, we've talked about we were talking about this just before we came on air that. Duncan Hodge came out and said that first half against um, Stad was the worst that he thinks Ed- he's ever he's seen Edinburgh play, and you just can't go you can't go two or three scores down in European rugby and expect to come back. Um, Edinburgh did amazing to do it last weekend, but they put themselves in the same position. They didn't learn anything. Yeah, I mean that first half they were absolutely awful. <laughs> um, Tim, I think it's quite similar to the Glasgow Racing game in the fact that you've got this big 
pack. And what you kind of seem to find is in the first 40, 50 minutes, Stavron say was sort of a little bit bullying Edinburgh and actually fitness, the fitness issue kind of came out where actually Stad couldn't last the whole 80 minutes and Edinburgh were able to come back at the end. And what you found is sort of Glasgow were able to sort of step up and um, kind of face up against that physicality, whereas in both games, Edinburgh really much, really struggled in that first 40 minutes. And I mean, to be fair, as you said, if you'd been offered five points at the start, you've got to take it. And if you can take any positives out of this, these games, the one key, I think, was Hamish Watson, who an animal. is an absolute animal. He, is, he has been so good the last two, three months. Yeah. I, I actually think he's 100% nailed on seven for the Six Nations. Again, which is an amazing thing. If, if anyone had said John Hardy wouldn't be starting after the performances he was put in, you'd be yeah, like, what, what are you talking about? But he's I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Come from absolutely nowhere. And I think Edinburgh, they're looking good in their, in their pool, to be honest. They've played four. They're on 15. They're sitting in second behind Harlequins, who are on on 17 who just picked up a couple more bonus points than yeah. Edinburgh so they'll have Edinburgh have the Romanian Saracens at home which bonus point win Timisoara they're Timis sitting, sitting on a bagel at the bottom ship 70 five, yesterday yeah. um, and then it'll be Harlequins in sort of the pool decider away which I think Harlequins aren't great shakes this year I think they'll be going to win the tournament though I think, yeah, I think that's seriously. probably you'd expect that would be but what they're aiming for you can see them winning I think another good thing from it in the last few games is Sam Hidalgo Klein coming back into the team I think that he sort of fell off the radar a bit um, after he got capped, but he was on such good form when he did get capped. And to see him sort of, you know, taking the ball to the line, he's got an eye for a gap, he's got a good box kick, he's, he's jets. Um, that's really good. And I, I think in the long term, he's a far better option than Sean Kennedy is. And once again, it's sort of, he's probably not near the Scotland squad at the moment because he's got a lot of good scrum halves, but it's good to have those options. Yeah, I think I think, I think it's brilliant. I think Sam Hidalgo playing coming back is definitely... Uh Definitely a, a massive improvement prospect, and again, you, Edinburgh bringing through youngsters. I think I'm feeling if they can have a good run in the Challenge Cup, I think let's get out, let's get out the group first and foremost, and then you get into knockout rugby, and who who knows? Um, but I think you can this experience for players like Bradbury um, is just is only going to serve them well when it comes to next year, and Edinburgh can maybe have a bit more of a push into maybe that top six of the Pro 12. I think the one thing we'll have to take away from these two games as well is you know. Pape nearly died. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, he nearly, oh, he, he, true, he yeah. nearly died. The, tra- the, tra- the trauma <laughs> of Pascal Pape. 
that guy. I, I mean, ugh. I think there should be a rule. I think they should name it, and they should they should deliberately shame Pape. It should be called the the pa- Pape rule. And Pape clause. The Pape clause. Exactly. He should be <laughs> named after it. And it's, like anyone, it's like the Bosman ruling in football. Yeah, exactly. Named if anyone is seen to be simulating and rolling around like an idiot, I think straight yellow, gu- guaranteed yellow, mm. and then maybe a little ban or financial fine to either a charity or something like that. Or to the Thistle Foundation. Thistle Rugby Foundation, yeah. In support of pints. In, su- <laughs> in support of beers <laughs> when we're watching rugby, yeah. In support of school rugby players that never really made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, just go back to that Hamish Watson point, though. So, you know, he's last year of his contract. So, they didn't re-sign him in the summer. And there's a lot of chat about him moving to England. Really? Which... Whilst I think actually in any position, if, if there's any position at Edinburgh that you probably wouldn't mind someone leaving, it's probably the back row because you know Dupree actually played pretty well. Um, yep. And you've obviously got Bradbury, uh, uh, Manu, and yeah. Hardy. Seven. Hardy's oh, yeah. there, yeah. So, but still, it's increasingly starting to feel that Hamish Watson is a bit of sort of the beating heart of that England pack. England pack? Oh, God. <laughs> Edinburgh. <laughs> Thank God, thank God we capped him before he got really good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, can they win the Challenge Cup once again? They got to the, fi- they they got to the final I last mean, year. Their, their league season is pretty much over. All they can get out of it is maybe getting into the mid-table, slight respectability, blood some new young players, but that's, yeah. that's it. Why, so not, why not go for it? Exactly. And why, get the morale why not? Up, yeah. Um, yeah, really go for it. And they what got to the final a couple of seasons ago against uh, Gloucester. Probably should have won it. So and also, you know, they've why got, not? They've got they've got this move coming up to uh, to Marseille in the new year. I think if they can have a nice little run, they've got this new stadium. Mm-hmm. It will maybe feel like a bit of a, a rebirth for the club. And then coming into next year, pending that the trial at Marseille goes well, you know, it feels it feels like a different proposition next mm-hmm. year again, which I think is really, 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 really positive. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we go on to do the lines. Matt has put together uh, another quiz, unless unless Alan's got another quick point to make. I have absolutely no points to make, so <laughs> let's move on to Well, the let's quiz. have a crack on with the quiz then. Am I, I'm 2-0 up, aren't I? 2-0 up, yeah. Two. Although, we have to apologise again. Matt, Matt got something wrong last week, and this, I was robbed of a point. Glasgow Hawks do play at Old Annie's Land. Yeah, I'm very sorry. It wouldn't have made a difference to the eventual <laughs> result, so... You know, it all comes out in the wash. Um, it does, but yeah. I've I've checked, sort of checked my facts r- um, rigorously this week, so I'm pretty sure it is all correct and true. Um, so, without further ado, here I go. This is the third third quiz. This is the third quiz. Yeah. The third edition it just gets better every single week. So, like last week again, I'm gonna start off with um, name the grounds that each of these Scottish uh, rugby clubs play at. So we're gonna kick off with Curry. So write down your answers. Um, yeah. Moving from east to west um, to air as the second one. And then yep. we'll go John over to Fife for how Fife. Oh, yeah. As a, as a club with a bit of um, historical significance um, for Matt and I. Yeah, we won the, the Edinburgh under-16 District championship District back in the day. Wow, so what, a, what a night that yeah, was! was a great night. Under this the cl- Friday, ground, Friday night lights at at this ground, which name I now absolutely cannot remember. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there you go. Those are your first um, first sort of starts for ten, and then um, here's quite a little good one. Um, so name the Scots that toured with the Lions in that ill-fated 2005 trip to New Zealand. 
A little clue, there's three that toured originally and then there's one replacement. I think it's our customary sort of small amount of Scots that go in a Lions tour. A couple of token uh, yeah, selections. I, know, I, defi- I definitely know the person who came um, who came out. I'm just trying to get there. All good players, I suppose. Um, right, you got some answers for that written down? Yeah, I think I've got them all, actually. Happy with that? Um, okay, so the next one is a bit of a double one. So name the top point scorer for Scotland ever in international rugby. And then name the top try scorer throughout history. Tough ones. Ooh. Yeah. Happy with that? Try scorers. Top try scorer. We didn't score tries for a decade. Yeah, I know. We didn't really do that for a <laughs> while. So I don't think it's exactly a huge number that either <laughs> of them have scored. Um, Ooh, yeah. Um, well, I'm a little bit ropey on that one. I'm not right. so sure. And then, yeah, similar to our Murrayfield question the other week. Name the capacity without the additional stands of Glasgow's Scotston Stadium. Without the capacity, okay. Yeah. Without the the added stands they put up for the bigger matches. Wait, so, so the, how many attempt? What is the, there's one stand that's temporary. Um. Yeah, I think I actually don't know. They put in that little funny one at the corner as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I basically just googled it and that's what's come up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so deal I've, with ri- it. I've written down a number. I, so I'm, you I know, mean, I'm probably going to get something wrong here, so I'm sure Twitter Sphere can let us know. Yeah, I'm sure. They um, will. So right, uh, everyone got their answers written down. Yeah, go on. Here we go. So, what do we get for curry? Mm, I actually don't have it. <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten it. Millennium Park. Millennium Park is correct. Oh yes. Well done. Nice. Um, is Dave going to take it this week? Um, and then. The second one, Air, what have we got? I've got Milbray. I've got Milbray as well. That is also correct. And um, scene of that famous victory once again, how of Fife? No idea. Duffus Park. Duffus Park. <laughs> Very nice. What a great name. What a great name. Oh Duffus well, Park. fair play, fair play. Yeah, so there you go. Um, a lot of good players come through there. Duffus Park's had its redevelopment. Um, yeah, I think it got redeveloped in the summer with sort of like government grants and that sort of thing. It looks pretty good. good. Sort of got a decent gym and... Um, yeah, just a pretty good rugby nursery. Sort of like some Horn Fasaro. Yeah, Horn Fasaro came through there. David yeah. Rollo back in the day. Thank you, SNP government. There you go. Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> Helping out the Fife community. <laughs> this podcast is not about politics. Non, not strictly um, apolitical. So moving on to our 2005 Lions, what do we got? What are the original? Who have we got as the originals? I've got as the three originals, Bullock. Cusseter and Hines, because Bullock was the the Wednesday captain, wasn't he? He was, in midweek. Um, Cusseter and Bullock, correct. Hines did not go until 2009. Oh. What oh, it's, oh, Christ, I know who it was. The, uh, so I've I've got Bullock, Custer, and White. Yes. White was the... If I, I think I'm right that White came out as a yeah. replacement. Yeah. And the other and one is Simon, Simon Taylor. Taylor. And he got injured. He got really injured early. and he's yes. replaced by um, Ryan Jones. So there you go. So what do we get? Who? What do we get from that one? What did you get? I got Bullock, Custer, and White. So you both got three each. Both got three there. What are the scores in the doors at the moment? I got one, two. I'm on five. Both on, both on five. Wow, this is looking tight. This is, looking, this is what we want. Um, so top point scorer ever for Scotland. Big Gav. Big Gav. Oh, Patterson. Yeah, Chris Patterson. Is it Chris Patterson? Yeah, 
I think I think Patterson's quite far ahead of Patterson had about eight nine two or something. Yeah, a lot of points. Um, oh, I just love Big Gav. Though. I know, I know. And um, <laughs> top top try scorer. It's actually a joint. It's a dual one. Yeah. So I I had one of mine as Gavin Hastings, and then I I knew the other one is like Ian Smith. Well done, mate. That is a that is a very good answer. That is correct. Ian Smith is one of them. What have you got, Dave? I, wrote, I just had Gav written down for both. I, really <laughs> I got into a bit of a sort of Ga- Gavin Hastings sort of I'm, like I'm, uh, I'm sure he's up there, but yeah, so Ian Smith, who I think pay- played in the early 20th century, and he was called the Flying Scotsman. And he had some, I think he scored 25 tries. He had some ridiculous record against England. Like he really? loved scoring tries against England. Amazing. Um, so a bit of a shame that we've, our sort of generations missed him. And the second I one... I think I've just lost it there. <laughs> Gavin Hastings, <laughs> Hastings fanboyism. I've lost um, it. And the second one is Tony Stanger. Oh, yeah. Tony. Tony Stanger, which I is amazing, that. really. I don't think he gets enough credit for that, really, in terms of like being a yeah. Scottish rugby legend. Yeah. Fair play to him. Fair, uh, fair play, Tony. Well, um, I think I'm out of this. Yeah. Now, anyway. Do you want to do the Scotston one, just for dance? I had 7,750. Oh, that's very, very specific. <laughs> I had... Nine and a half thousand. Oh, well done, Alan. Once again, oh. nine thousand seven hundred and eight. Ah, <laughs> oh, both of you to I've get been to get nine thousand. Did you go to nine thousand? No, seven. Oh, seven thousand. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> fairly close though. Not too bad. Fairly, yeah. Um. So once again, three nil. It's got to be some sort of forfeit for that. Oh, we'll talk about that. I'm Maybe sure. people on Twitter can shout out some forfeits to Dave to do. Yeah, we're going to come back. I, yeah. I, was, I was feeling really good after the first couple of questions. Five all. I think that was the, was the closest yet. So. Oh, big Gav. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> always, in, always in my heart, Gav. Don't yeah, worry. exactly. Um, so, yeah, well, there from, it is. From Gavin, Hast- again. from Gavin Hastings, Lions legend, we can now neatly segue into our last sort of uh, question. I think we always caveat this with, I don't think Lions discussions matter until the Six Nations before has happened but Correct. i think this this double head of europe gives us a chance to say which scots have sort of put their hands up for selection alan fire away so we've been chatting about this quite a bit and i think we're saying we're splitting it into almost like two categories which is almost like pr- uh, probables and possibles yep probables we're saying nell hog and johnny gray yeah, I think they are the names that are sort of most regularly mentioned. Um, and then you look at sort of the next list. The, ne- the next one down, I think, Tommy Seymour. Tommy Seymour, Finn Russell, I was, I was say, Greg I, I Laidlaw. Out of those possibles, I would say I think the, the most likely one to go on the tour, I would say, is Tommy Seymour. Yeah. Because I think, I don't think the, the wingers for the Lions are actually that strong. No. Or no, one, no one's in actually a great run of form. My my only worry with that is that Gatlin will go with the tried and tested, and he'll pick guys like George North, even though he's not been on form and he's, he's had some health issues. He's having health issues. He's not playing well. He's at Northampton, who are awful, and yeah. they just don't play rugby that suits him. But I, yeah, I, I think that's when you go down that second rung, it's just not clear cut at all. There's there's so many sort of I issues. So I, I actually think there's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of room for movement in the Six Nations, and I think Scotland have got a decent crop in that sort of second mm. knocking on the door. I mean, yeah, Finn played Dan Carter off the park two weeks on the spin. Can he do that against um, George Ford against England, for instance? But if you look at that number ten spots, you think it rattles off quite easily that you take Ford, Farrell, and Sexton yeah. with Farrell as a floater in between, and you just you think, well, 
what else can we don't need Finn for that? Yeah, I think as well that you know England and Ireland and even Wales probably have slightly better packs than Scotland historically, and when you're behind yeah. that sort of pack, you just look so much better. So I think Ford has been very solid since Eddie Jones has been in charge. He's not done anything amazing, but he's just always going forward and he's always got that advantage. Yeah, I think the, the issue of the the Six Nations is you could end up with Ireland's pack putting in a monstrous performance and Trimble getting like three tries, Zebo getting two tries. Yeah, absolutely. And looking great. Obviously, they've got their own individual ability, but off the back of sort of a pack performance. And whilst, you know, we've all, all three of us, I think, are probably going to the Six Nations with probably our highest hopes for Scotland. At the end of the day, there's a, there's a very strong possibility that Scotland could get bullied in two or three of those games and lose. Um, and, yeah, and you I end up with Seymour not getting the opportunities to prove how good he is. This is yeah, this is that is the issue. I think if you look, I think those three you've got to say are going to go. Do you think Johnny Gray? We used to think he was maybe on the on the sort of outskirts of it because of just the depth. I mean, England's second rows. If you think Alan Wynn's going to go as a sort of senior leader, possibly captain, then you've got sort of Ian Henderson, Devin Toner, um, Ireland's rows are decent. It's it's a very packed field, but it seems that Johnny Gray's really, really played himself into that, on, on, onto the plane, I would say. Um, yeah, I think so. I think there's still a strong chance he won't go. Because I think if, if Saracens go and win, I think you're going to take Cruz and Cruz Naturgy. Yeah. Launchbury's got a l- has been playing really, really well. And if Ireland go on to win the Six Nations with Henderson and Toner, and as you said, Gatlin's going to take Win Jones. Win Jones will Absolutely. go. So it's, it does it does look tough. Um, it looks really tough. And I think, but there's an awful lot, there's a big sort of um, group of the England sort of commentariat who want to see Launchbury starting with Cruz and then bump Atoje to the second row. Uh, sorry, to, to the, the back, back row. row. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think they might do that. I think that's what might happen in the Six Nations for England. Which I think would be a, quite a good idea. I think. Do we, do we think? Um, do you think Hamish Watson's maybe playing himself on as a bit of a, a bolter? I mean, on on form, he is way ahead of someone like Sam Warburton. But you know, that Sam Warburton is going to get Sam on. Sam Warburton is a complete joke. Sam Warburton shouldn't even be playing for Wales. Tipperick's much better. Than yeah. That. I just don't. But you know, I was so dismayed. And I completely understand the choices that um, Gregor Townsend and Joe Schmidt have made to not go and be mm. either Gatlin's whipping boy or even worse, Rob White- Howley's whipping boy. Um, it just, I, it, it really dismays me because I just think there's going to be an awful lot of dead Welsh wood mm. that will go just because yeah. they, they know that they will play for Gatlin and in Gatlin's um, image. I think it came out this week as well that Jason O'Halloran, the, the former Scotland assistant coach or he will be for the Six Nations he's going to Glasgow next year also turned down the yeah. post which I think is an even odder one like why why not spend a few weeks at the Lions and then you come back to Glasgow you you sort of know. you work with world class players and he's got a new boss you know, that he needs to impress I suppose maybe I think Rennie should have said to him yeah go for it I just think that's really if you want to de- he's not a Scottish coach but you want to develop these guys then I, I don't see why you wouldn't let him go. Who else do we think's in that sort of um, second tier Scotland um, pocket of people that might get considered? So Sean Maitland, genuinely yeah. scores tries for fun at Saracens. Gatlin's a big fan, um, and he's behind a Saracens pack, and he's he's scoring tries at the moment. And yep. I think if he stays fit, he'll continue to score tries for Saracens. And I, I, I generally could see him getting taken along. Actually, what about Hugh Jones? Uh, no. I, 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 
I mean, look, yeah, if he continues on his form from the Six Nations, but he had two good games. Yeah, I agree with and you. And I still, I actually think outside of Scotland, not that many people have seen that much of him. No, I agree. But if he has a good Six Nations, I actually don't think the 13s are that strong. Like, I think Joseph's being talked about going, but he's not been as good as he has been in the past. Nope. And Henshaw playing 13, which I don't think he really is a 13. Um, and then, I mean, um, maybe Jonathan Davies will go, but he's not been playing that well. So I think if he has a good Six Nations, then he's definitely got a chance. Um, I think Laidlaw's got, uh, much to Alan's probably dismay, has got a chance of going. He's got a chance. Um, because I think that Murray and Youngs are probably nailed on. And then if you want a slightly different player, one who's potentially going to captain the team midweek, I think that Laidlaw has a shot. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go, but I think that he's, he's there. Well, Reese Webb's done his ankle in, yeah. and he might not be fit. That argument of Laidlaw can captain the midweek side. I mean, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, that? these are meant to be a group of the best players from four countries. Like, yeah. there's, there's leaders amongst those players. Like, being able to captain a midweek side against Waikato is... Such a ridiculous reason. No, but it's, it's optionality, isn't it? You pick him because you think he's a good player, which I think he is. He kicks really good goals. And then there is the option of him being a leader. You pick him on, I'm still, I would still pick him on his ability, first of all. I know you wouldn't. Are you, though? <laughs> Are you? No, I've been harsh to Laidlaw, and I'm not going to go down that road. But when you've got players like Farrell, Sexton, um, Probably half any will probably go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's um, another one of that group. Do you do you need Laidlaw as a kicker if he's probably not going to start the test? I don't think that really comes into it, and I just I just don't think he's in the top five scrum halves. That's just my opinion. Top five, that's harsh. I generally think I generally think that if he went on the tour, he'd be really good. He'd be playing in a good pack. He'd be getting quick ball, and he'd be. Just as good as someone like someone who Danny Kerr is going, he's not that good. I think he could do a good job. I respect your opinion, but you're, <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> so, no, sorry, no, let's let's not go down this this uh, this road. I, but I think he would do a ver- I think he would do a very good job in that sort of leader of the midweek side. I don't I don't think he'll go. I don't think he offers enough. Can you take someone on a lines tour who's not really going to be pushing for a test start? Is the whole idea, or are you really going to separate the two teams out, much like Clive Woodward did in 2005, and just say, basically, if you're in the midweek, you're probably not going to get a crack? No. But if you're not pressurizing, like you want to create that environment, surely, where you think everyone's got a shot of starting in the tests. 100%. Um, I mean, this is something we'll come on to in an, another, another yeah. pod, but I mean, I don't think Laidlaw should start in the Six Nations. <laughs> Ali but Price. Ali Price. I, I'm an Ali Price fanboy. Yeah. I'm a massive I, Ali Price fanboy. I think, I think Ali Price and Finn Russell work well together. And if Scotland want to push on, that's how that's where we should and go. And we were talking about this before we started as well. The whole um, Finn's not a great kicker thing that I've used in the past to say that he shouldn't start for Scotland, uh, shouldn't uh, kick for Scotland. It's not true. He's the top, he was certainly before the, the second game against Racing, he's the joint top um, kicker in the Pro 12. 86% or something like that mm. with Johnny Sexton. So you wouldn't say Johnny Sexton can't kick. No. I mean, it, I, I'd love to see him get maybe Price and Russell have a shot for Scotland and then Russell gets given the goal-kicking duties and if it works, then yeah. fair enough. But 
I still think that Laidlaw's a good player and I think his importance to the team, both in terms of goal kicking, sorry, his leadership and actually the way that Scotland play is quite underrated. And I'm going to leave it there. Okay, well, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I had to get the final word in. I'm going to turn off the mic now. Not well, let's, why, don't we, why don't we have that as the final word? And we will obviously come back to the Lions as the, uh, as the deba- debate rages on. I think a lot of these rely on who gets injured during the Six Nations or in the Champions Cup or Premiership Pro 12 games that are coming up over the next few months. But, you know, it is the thing that every rugby fan is talking about in the pub at the weekends at the moment. So we thought we'd give you our first thoughts on that. So... Again, guys, thanks for coming along for episode seven of The Thistle. Please follow us um, on iTunes. Get on there, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review, um, and you might get read out on the pod next week. You can also get us on the Acast podcast app if you are not a fan of Apple, or get onto us on Twitter, at Thistle Rugby Pod. We love hearing from you. Um, But again, for me, that's it. Cheers, guys. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys, for listening. Cheers, guys, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.